Isaiah 31 is a chapter that's going to sound a little bit like the last couple of chapters. Uh, it is a, a reiteration of what the Lord has been saying to Judah through Isaiah uh, the past couple of chapters. Uh, it closes uh, this section uh, which deals with uh, the Lord's warning uh, to Judah about trusting in these foreign alliances rather than uh, trusting in the Lord. And we've, we've made the observation numerous times along the way here that, hey, there's a practical application for today in, in all of this. We see uh, that, that men, that, that we uh, people have a natural tendency uh, to trust more in man than in the Lord. Uh, this was the case in Judah's day. It remains our natural inclination, our natural uh, tendency today. Gary, it doesn't make any sense at all, does it? But that's, that's just the sin nature. I can see you. You're here. Uh, you seem decently trustworthy, very trustworthy, brother. Uh, it's easier. <laughs> Looks are deceiving. Uh, it's easier to trust in men than in, in the Lord at times, uh, at times. Uh, of course, um, men let us down. And perhaps uh, in that, we've learned that uh, people really aren't at all uh, even close to the Lord in, in terms of trustworthiness. And the Lord, uh, Lord wants uh, Judah in this passage to get a hold of this idea. Hey, you can trust in men, but that is not my will. Uh, he wants the people to turn back to him and to trust uh, him again rather than uh, the wicked Egyptians, <laughs> the wicked Egyptians. Uh, a couple of questions here, just a little, little bit of review. So think about our Bible timeline. We, we've looked at that. We've come across uh, from creation uh, to the various events that follow to uh, the United Kingdom, uh, one united uh, nation, uh, Israel and Judah together, and then the divided kingdom, Israel and Judah separated. Uh, Isaiah is writing to whom? Who's he writing to? Judah. Uh, and so that, that implies that he's writing at, at which time? Which, Zach, which point on the timeline? United Kingdom or, or divided kingdom? Uh, putting you on the spot. He's writing specifically to Judah. So that's a pretty good clue. Uh, he, he's writing uh, to Judah during the time uh, when the kingdom has been divided. And uh, just remember that we, we um, we're in uh, First Kings, there we go, on uh, Wednesday nights, and we've just seen, we've just come through chapter 11, uh, moving into 12, where the division occurs. Uh, and so it'll kind of just help us keep things fit together on our timeline. Wednesday nights, we've just seen the division of the kingdom, uh, and now Isaiah is uh, addressing the southern kingdom specifically uh, I should say primarily, there, there, do, there do seem to be some passages that are directed uh, to the north, to Israel as well, but he does seem to be writing primarily uh, at least to Judah. So with that said, let's, let's pray and we'll jump in here tonight and see this short summary uh, of this section of Isaiah. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for our salvation. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Lord, thank you this morning for our church. Uh, we're grateful. Lord, I thank you for a bit of rest this week, but also thank you for the privilege, for the wonderful 
opportunity to be back in our church this morning and with our people. Lord, with your people, we thank you so much. Lord, I pray that um, you'll use this short chapter, nine verses this morning, uh, to uh, tie up, to wrap up this section of Isaiah uh, in our minds, in, in our hearts. Lord, remind us this morning that uh, we do have a natural tendency to look to other people rather than to you. Father, help us uh, to be reminded this morning that yes, we are called to uh, be a loving help to each other, to be trustworthy, but Lord, our primary hope, our primary trust uh, must be in you. Lord, help us uh, to get a hold of this idea uh, this morning, to hold on to it this morning. Father, I pray you help me this morning. Uh, use me, Lord, as we look into these thy words now. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Isaiah 32, uh, beginning in verse 1. Woe uh, is the, uh, the, the uh, uh, interjection that, that we've seen here. Woe, uh, be aware, caution, warning. Woe. Uh, to them that go down to Egypt uh, for help. This is, this is exactly the warning we've seen uh, in the past couple of chapters. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help uh, and stay on or trust in horses, uh, the horses of Egypt, and trust in chariots uh, because they are many. Uh, again, you, you recall the, the historical context, Judah uh, is very concerned about a potential attack by uh, who was that world power that they were so concerned about, church? Assyria, uh, very concerned about this. And they, they, they should be praying and looking to the Lord and trusting him uh, for protection from Assyria, but instead they're looking down to Egypt at the, the numbers uh, of, of the Pharaoh's army, the numbers of horses that were available to strengthen uh, Judah's army, uh, the chariots uh, and, and the warriors that were available uh, to protect, that because they are many, uh, Isaiah writes, and in horsemen, uh, because they are very what? What does it say here in verse 1? Because they, the horsemen, are what? Very, they are very strong. Uh, yeah, you know, there's some strength in the army of Egypt, but... Uh, God's people, Brother Gary, should know as well as anyone uh, that the Lord is stronger than the Pharaoh's army. Uh, Rich, why should, why should God's people know that better than anyone else? Yeah, their experience coming out of Egypt, and uh, I'm thinking, and you probably are too, their experience at the Red Sea, where the Lord part of the Red Sea allowed his people to travel through, uh, and then the walls of water collapsed down upon Pharaoh's armies, uh, the chariots, the horsemen. Uh, the Lord has demonstrated his uh, far superior strength uh, to these same people, uh, in history, and it's, it's as if they've forgotten, right? And uh, we're, we're uh, quite a few generations removed now from that experience. Uh, that, that's a great reminder for me, at least, and I think for, for all of us, uh, you would agree to stay in the Bible, to be reminded of what God has done in the past, to be uh, constantly reminded of his past faithfulness, 
uh, as well as our, his, his past faithfulness to us, uh, so that uh, we'll be encouraged to continue looking to him. Uh, Lord, help us to continue to look to you. You are uh, omnipotent. Yes, people, men, armies can be very strong, uh, but Lord, they don't compare to you. Um, he says, and in horsemen, because they are very strong, uh, but they look not unto uh, the Holy One of Israel, a great title uh, of the Lord. He's the Holy One uh, of Israel. Zach, isn't he God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? How can he be one? Do you have that all figured out, the, the triune Godhead? Well, he's the Holy One. He, there's a unity in the Godhead. Uh, by the way, he's the only one who is perfectly holy. He's the only one who is perfectly strong, his omnipotence. He's the only one who's omniscient, perfectly knowing. Uh, he's the only one who's omnipresent, present perfectly uh, in all places. He's the only one who's perfectly holy. Uh, he's the Holy One of Israel. They look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek uh, the Lord. What's the word underlying Lord in all caps? Z? Jehovah, what is that word? How do we understand that word? What, 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 is, what is it? It has the idea of the self-existing one. It's, it's the Lord's personal name. God's personal name is Jehovah, underlying the, uh, the English uh, L-O-R-D in all caps. So uh, here's the problem summarized. They're, they're looking back to Egypt from which the Lord has brought them out. Uh, rather than looking to the one who brought them out to be their uh, protector going forward. Lord, help us to remember this uh, situation, this example. People, uh, people fell to their natural inclination to look back into the world uh, instead of just continuing to look to you. Uh, despite the fact, Lord, you've, you've demonstrated perfect power and strength uh, and faithfulness to us. Lord, help us to stand guard against uh, this testimony. Look at verse 2. Uh, yet he uh, also is wise. Uh, Brother Ray, who's he here? Who's, who's the one who's perfectly wise? It's the Lord. He, he is wise. Yet he uh, also is wise. So he's strong, perfectly strong, omnipotent, uh, but also wise. He's wise uh, and will bring evil uh, and will not call back his words. Now, this is interesting. You have back in verse 1, he's called the Holy One of Israel. Uh, and then in verse 2, the Bible says uh, he will bring evil. If you've been reading ahead, maybe you've looked at that and thought, boy, that seems... Now, I'm not quite sure how to reconcile those two words in, in these two verses. Uh, he is holy. Uh, Zach, does God ever commit evil? Does he ever perform evil? Uh, not, not in the sense of anything that would violate his own word or his own standards, right? Uh, the word underscoring evil here uh, has more the idea of judgment. It's the Hebrew word raw, uh, R-A or R-A-H, raw, has the idea of judgment um, or, or sometimes trouble, uh, or ad adversity. Uh, he's not bringing evil. He's not, uh, Isaiah is not prophesying the Lord will commit evil in the sense of something less than perfectly holy, but he is prophesying that the Lord is the one who will judge his people for looking back to the world rather than to him. Uh, he will bring trouble and adversity 
uh, to correct them. Remember this idea, to chasten them, to cause them to see their need uh, for him. Yet he also is wise. Uh, he knows when this is needed. He knows what degree of trouble or adversity uh, chastening is required. He will not call back his words. Uh, he will not call back his words. He is a God who is faithful to his word. If he says he's going to do something, uh, as we've said so many times, he is faithful uh, to do what he says. And, of course, the Lord has uh, many, many, many times, Gary, many, many, many times up to this point in the book, uh, prophesied the chastening of his people. He, he, uh, he would um, not do that if they would repent and turn back to him. Uh, he knows that they will not know, do that. He has foreknowledge of the decision that, that they will make. And so he will be faithful uh, to not call back his words. He will correct the people. Uh, by the way, he will also graciously deliver them from Assyria, but he will correct his people along the way. Uh, he will not call back his words, but will uh, arise uh, against the house of the evildoers uh, and against the help of them uh, that work iniquity. So uh, uh, the Judah's tendency, Judah's uh, choice uh, to look to the evildoers of Egypt for help rather than look to a holy God, uh, an all-powerful God for perfect help, uh, the Lord will correct them for that. He, he, he will uh, correct them. Uh, going back to this idea that the Lord is wise. By the way, how wise is he? I'm sorry? All, all wise. Uh, second, you write down a, a cross-reference or two. First Timothy 1 uh, and verse 17, Christ is called the King Eternal, uh, Immortal, Invisible. Yep, and uh, Rich, isn't, isn't that why sometimes it's, it's hard perhaps to trust the Lord? You can't see him uh, like we can see each other. That's, that's perhaps the source uh, of our difficulty. Uh, but he is there called the only wise God. Uh, in Jude 25, New Testament verse, Jude 25, uh, he's called the only wise God, our Savior. Uh, he's our Savior in, in terms of the only way to be saved from hell. Uh, he's our Savior in terms of being the only one who can save us from difficulty, adversity, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, Jude says, uh, accordingly, he's worthy of glory and majesty, uh, dominion and power, both now and forever. And he says, amen. Uh, we say amen also. Verse 3, uh, Isaiah uh, makes it clear, his message from the Lord is, hey, you can look to Egypt if you want. Uh, you can look to those wicked people rather than to the Holy One of Israel, but the only help that you're actually going to receive is supernatural help uh, from the Lord. Verse 3, now the Egyptians are men and not God. Yep, sure enough. Uh, and their horses flesh and not spirit. Uh, they, they might be able to provide some degree of help, but it's limited uh, by the limitations of flesh, uh, but, uh, compared to the Lord who has no limitations whatsoever. He says, when the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he uh, that helpeth shall fall, uh, and he that is holpen or helped uh, shall fall down, uh, and they shall all fail together. 
Uh, how do you understand that? The Lord says, hey, I'm going to stretch forth my hand. Uh, he that helpeth is going to fall, and he that is hoping or help shall fall down. Uh, they shall fall down together. Who's the helper to which Judah is looking? Okay, uh, and, and the one that's desiring help from them is the one that's hoping or, or help. Lord says, you, you know what? When I choose, you're going to fall together. Uh, you're going to fall together. This, this be his judgment, the, the evil, the judgment, the trouble or adversity uh, that he will use uh, to call the people back to him. Um, now, uh, there, there's a degree of, of judgment, of correction that they will experience. But as you already know, um, the, Lord, the Lord will allow the Assyrians to chasten uh, his people only up to a point. He, he knows how much correction they need. Uh, he will limit that. He predefines his limit because he has foreknowledge of uh, what, what is required and, and what will correct them. Uh, verse 4, but thus, sorry, for thus the Lord uh, spoken unto me. For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me. Who's saying that? Isaiah, the writer. Uh, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey, uh, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, uh, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for, not against, but for uh, Mount Zion and for uh, the hill thereof. So, uh, yeah, he's going to allow a degree of chastening, but he will then uh, turn and fight and defend uh, his people. Let's look at the verse again. The Lord, uh, for the Lord, can't get that first part out. For thus has the Lord spoken unto me. By the way, there's a wonderful testimony from Isaiah that these are not Isaiah's words. The Bible is not the word of men. It's God's words given to men supernaturally uh, and preserved supernaturally. He says, like as, so a simile here. Uh, the Lord, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey, uh, he's, he's choosing a lion because it's strong, uh, the strength of a lion. The Lord, his strength is like the strength of a lion. Of course, it's greater than that. He's the creator of the lion. Uh, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid uh, of their voice. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged that the Lord is never afraid. Amen? He's never afraid. Uh, my God is never afraid. Uh, do we suffer anxiety and fear at times? I, we, we know the answer. We, we do. Our natural tendency is to fear, uh, to worry, to struggle uh, with anxiety. We've talked a lot about biblical answers to that, giving our fears to the Lord and um, thanking him that we can, uh, Philippians 4, uh, and then trusting that he, he in, in response, as, as a blessing for being obedient to do that, helps us to put off the fear, and he, he puts on a wonderful what in its place? Peace. Peace. Amen. Uh, he's, he's able to do that as a God who is never uh, afraid. Uh, by the way, why do you suppose, why do you suppose God is never afraid? Sure. 
He has nothing to be afraid of. Why? He's stronger and more powerful. I heard over here he's God. Uh, he's God. He's stronger and more powerful than, than anything. Any, anything else come to mind? He's God. He's stronger and more powerful than, than anything. Uh, and, and yeah, I think those would be the reasons that he's not ever afraid. Now, whose God is he? Is he your God? John, he's your, he's your God. He's my God. Uh, Josiah, he's, he's your God. Um, Rich, he's, he's your God. So if, if my God is stronger and more powerful than anything, doesn't have to be afraid of anything because of that, maybe I don't have to be afraid of anything because of that too, because he's my God. Uh, he, he's my God. Now, step back for a second. Does, does he ever allow difficulties into our lives? We know the answer is yes, but he's in control of that. Just as he would allow a degree of, of judgment, chastening, correction of his people, but then he would stop it. He would not allow the Assyrians to, to completely conquer Judah. Uh, he allows trials into our lives to uh, chasten us, to correct us, to teach us, uh, to grow us, but no more than he allows uh, in his perfect strength. And so uh, because of that, we can fear not too. We, we can live a life that is uh, filled with peace rather than fear, feel, filled with hope rather than, than dread, uh, because he's our God. He's our God. When we are anxious, we're, remember Philippians 4, we're commanded to give those fears to him, to give our cares to him, and to thank him, and then to trust his promise, as Zach said, that he helps us to put off the fear, the anxiety, the worry. Uh, he promises a peace that is perfect, that's beyond our understanding, and, and that it's of Christ. Uh, praise God. Pra praise God. Uh, look at verse 5. So, uh, Lord uses uh, simile again. Uh, he's uh, described as birds flying. So will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Yes, there will be a degree of correction. He will allow the Syrians. You might say he will use the Assyrians uh, to correct his people up to a point. But then, uh, as birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. What are hosts? What are hosts? Armies. Uh, armies. Why, why uh, does the Lord choose to call himself the Lord of hosts here? Does, does it make sense in context? It makes perfect sense in context, right? Uh, he's the Lord of, of armies. Uh, he's, he's the Lord uh, who will maintain perfect control over the evading, invading Assyrians. Uh, he's the Lord who, who possesses armies of angels whom he can use and, and direct to defend his people uh, as, as he sees fit. Uh, as flying birds, so will the Lord defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it. This is Isaiah's prophecy. It will be delivered uh, from the Assyrians. Uh, and passing over, he will what? He will preserve it. Uh, he will deliver it from being conquered, uh, and he, he will preserve it. Is he able to do that? He's able to preserve whatever he chooses, whether it's his people uh, or his words. And in the next hour, we're going to look quickly uh, at, at Lord's promise to preserve his words. Now, 
um, the Lord compares himself here to flying birds, as birds uh, flying. Zach, why would it be plural birds? Why didn't he just say, as a bird flying? Why is it plural, do you suppose? Yeah, either. I think that's exactly what I would say. Uh, it could be a reference to the Trinity, or it could just be sort of that plural, uh, using, using the plural to convey uh, the power. The idea here is probably like a, a, a screeching eagle kind of thing, or a, a group of them, the power that would be conveyed uh, by that idea. Um, no doubt here, there's, there's a picture of power, uh, but also protection, right? If you, if you go on and look at the rest of the verse, he's defending, he's delivering, he's preserving. So kind of the, the theme of the verse is that he has the power to protect his people. By the way, he alone has the power to protect his people, uh, to defend them from the Assyrians, to deliver them from the Assyrians, to preserve them. He's the, God who's still, he's the only God who still has the power uh, to protect his people, to defend, deliver, to preserve us. Um, and uh, you, you recall, of course, that in the context of that idea, the Lord describes himself as a, uh, uses the picture of a bird, sometimes like a mother bird protecting her chicks under his wing, right? Uh, Chris and I saw, um, we enjoyed watching some little ducklings um, up in Mystic this week, and where there were ducklings, the, the mother duck wasn't far away, right? She was there protecting them, making sure uh, that nothing happened. There's one that wanted to stray away and, and, and did, but mom was there protecting them. Um, you have uh, verses like, uh, just make a couple notes here, Isaiah 57 and verse 1. Uh, this is David. He's praying, Isaiah 57, 1. He says, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, uh, for my soul trusteth in thee. And then he says, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge uh, until these calamities be overcast. So the uh, Lord had David to picture the Lord's protection uh, like the protection of a mother bird uh, under the wing. Uh, it's interesting, David said that he would choose to seek protection under the shadow uh, of the, his mother, the Lord's wing, the Lord's wing. Uh, I mentioned one of those little ducklings strayed away from the mother's protection. David says, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna draw close to the Lord and seek protection uh, under his wing. Make another uh, note, uh, Psalm 91, verses three and four. Psalmist says, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, fowler is one who catches or traps birds, uh, and from the noisome pestilence, uh, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. Uh, he, his truth, shall be thy shield uh, and thy buckler. So again, this idea of, of protection under the wing of a bird. The psalmist goes on there, uh, he's speaking of this place of protection. Then he says, Psalm 93, 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by, by day. He says, listen, you seek protection from the Lord. You seek protection under his wing. You don't have to be afraid. Why? Why is God not afraid? He's all-powerful. You seek protection under his wing. You don't have to be afraid either. Lord may allow some degree of trial to grow us, to correct us, 
but there is safety under his wing. Uh, Lord, help us to seek that place, to seek you as our place of protection uh, and to trust in you. So this is probably the idea here. Um, bird, the, these, these birds flying also might picture a speed uh, as well. Uh, the Lord, perhaps the Lord has chosen this idea of birds flying here. Uh, yes, to picture protection, but also perhaps the speed uh, with which he's able uh, to protect. Uh, let's, let's pick it up and keep moving here. Uh, in verse 6, uh, Isaiah calls Judah to repent, to turn back to the Lord. Stop looking into the world for protection. Look to the Lord. Get yourself under his wing. Trust in him. No need to be afraid there. Uh, so he says in verse 6, turn ye. Remember, this is the idea of repentance. Uh, it involves a turning from one thing to something else. When you come to Christ for salvation, you turn from sin, you turn from trusting in anything else, you turn to him uh, and, and trust him. Uh, if you've strayed away from the Lord, we're called to turn back to him. These people are looking to, to men for protection. He says, turn from that, turn back to the Lord, look to him for protection. Uh, turn ye unto him, verse 6, from whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. Wow. Uh, Isaiah calls them to turn back to the Lord. Verse 7, for in that day every man shall cast away his idols of silver, uh, his idols of gold, which your own hands have made unto you uh, for a sin. Now remember, um, Isaiah, uh, throughout the book, Lord has him to kind of move back and forth along his timeline. He's, he's dealing with the people in his day uh, regarding their sin uh, and, and the trials uh, of, and needs of their day, but also then will look ahead to the future, uh, to the millennium. Verse 7 is probably one of those verses. Uh, he says, hey, uh, verse 6, turn back to the Lord. Do that like people will do in the millennium. Everyone will be turned back to the Lord uh, in the future millennium. That's probably why this, this verse 7 uh, appears here. Like people in the millennium will be turned back to the Lord. They will have cast off their idols. They will be looking to the Lord and the Lord only. You need to do that today is what Isaiah is saying to the people in Judah in his day. Of course, we need to do the same, making sure that we're not making idols of, of uh, people uh, or any other thing, uh, but, but casting that off and, and turning to the Lord, uh, looking to him. Uh, having said that, Isaiah then uh, prophesies the defeat uh, of the Assyrians, verse, and very literally. Verse 8, then shall the Assyrian fall with the sword, not of a mighty man, uh, not of the Egyptians, uh, and the sword, not of a mean man, uh, shall devour him. It's not going to be the Egyptians that you're looking to, Judah, but he uh, shall flee from the sword, the Assyrians, uh, and his young men shall be discomforted. This isn't going to be uh, any man accomplishing this. Isaiah 37, 36 says, Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose, behold, uh, they were all dead corpses. And this is recorded in 2 Kings 19.35. We looked at that before. came to pass that night. The angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians. So uh, I, Isaiah gave this prophecy that the man, no, no earthly army, would accomplish the defeat of the Assyrians, 
but the Lord would. Verse 9, he uh, shall pass over to his stronghold for fear. This would be the Assyrians. Uh, They'll pass back. They'll they'll attempt to get back home because of fear. Uh, And his his princes or officers shall be afraid uh, of the ensign, saith the Lord, uh, whose fire is in Zion and his furnace um, in Jerusalem. Uh, Shennacherib, uh, the king of the Assyrians, and, and his officers, uh, they will flee away from the presence of the Lord uh, and, and his defeat uh, of their army. Um, the, the Lord whose fire is in Zion, his, his furnace in Jerusalem, uh, this, this could refer figuratively to the power of God, uh, to the power of the Lord. Uh, it, it, it could be that. It may also refer literally to the fire uh, of the altar at the temple there in Jerusalem, which would be more a picture of his presence, and could be both, right? It could be uh, a picture of God's presence there in Jerusalem, uh, defeating the people a- as a fire that will consume them uh, as it consumed the sacrifice upon the altar. So uh, the presence of God and his power uh, is the hope of the, Assyri- uh, of, of the people of Judah as they face this invading enemy. Zach, the presence of God and his power is the hope for God's people today also. Lord, help us to look to you for everything that we need. Uh, Help us to hope in you. Help us to keep our trust in you, the only powerful, wise God. Lord, help us not to fear, knowing that you're never afraid. You're never afraid. You're, you're an all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this short chapter. Uh, we thank you, Lord, this morning for uh, the very practical principles that we may take from uh, this message, which was given first to the people of Judah in Isaiah's day. Lord, as they looked to uh, the wrong place for help, I pray, Lord, that... You remind us and help us to stand guard against the same tendency uh, in our own hearts. Lord, if we're looking to the wrong place for anything today, uh, convict us of that. Burden us that uh, we need to confess that and seek strength from you to put that tendency off and to put on um, Christ-like tendency to seek you. Lord, I I pray that you work in our hearts throughout the day today. Lord, help us to draw close to you today, to seek you today, to trust you today. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for each one who's come to class today. I pray you bless them. And Lord, as we look ahead to the next hour, we just pray as, as people come in this morning that they bow their hearts before you. They open their hearts and their minds to your words. Lord, if there's any uh, who come this morning who don't yet know Christ as their Savior, I pray, Lord, that you help us to give forth the gospel plainly and clearly. And, Lord, that you would, you would convict and give faith. Lord, um, if any lost come this morning, we pray they'd be saved before they leave here today. Father, I love you and thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll see you back here shortly. Praise and sing.